Hallelujah. Amen. We are so thankful to God for His wonderful works in our lives, for healing all our diseases, our sicknesses, even when the wind is not blowing in our favor. Yes, it neutralizes the power of the infirmities in the wind. And even when the system is not working on our floors, and the enemy is rising like a flood against us, against our families, against our health and our children and our household, yes, the Lord never left us. Neither has he ever forsaken us. And that's the reason why we have the boldness to come into his presence this morning. So extend one more time unto him. Our gratitude we will never cease from giving him praise in the mighty name of Jesus. On last Sunday, we began a series on the innumerable gratitude that we are rendering unto our God. And we look at some of the reasons why sometimes we, maybe in the church, maybe in our families, in our lives, that we just even ourselves, we are not even uh, thankful. Unto him, when we look at the ten, the ten levers that were healed, and only one came back to give thanks, and Jesus was wondering what happened to the nine. And we're able to see reasons why the nine, as any of us, can as well be filled to give thanks unto the Lord. And we're, 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 we look at how the most constantly, the reasons why we must constantly give God our gratitude. Uh, one, one of the important reasons is that this God, this, our God deserves it. He deserves our praise. We are created to give him thanks. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, he said, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning us. So because it's this his will, we've got to be able to give him thanks. And we look at how, how do we give an innumerable gratitude. Uh, this morning, we want to continue in the same series as we look at uh, how David was able to, you know, gather amongst the children of Israel to praise God, to, to thank him, and then begin to analyze and enumerate one after the other the faithfulness of God, the mercies of God, the grace of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's look at uh, Psalm 136. In Psalm 136. Psalm 136. Uh, the psalmist says, you know, this psalm, uh, is an unknown author. Yeah, this wasn't actually credited to David. Uh, the author, the Bible scholars, were not able to identify what we see in this chapter from verse 1 to the end, how the author, the psalmist, was able to, one after the other, Acknowledging the mercy of God. Thank you. Yeah. Giving him thanks. And he said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 2. It says, Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. Why do we give thanks to the God of gods? Uh, for his mercy endures forever. So when I 
when, when, when I read, you read along with me, okay? Uh, yeah, when, when we read, I want us to be able to read this together. Hallelujah. Go ahead. He said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord of Lords. For we have those great wonders. For him who by wisdom made the heavens. For him who laid out the earth above the waters. For him who made great lights. The sun to rule by day. The moon and sun to rule by night. To him who strong angels in their firstborn. And brought out Israel from among them. With the strong hand. And with the constraints hand, to him who divided the rest sea in two, made Israel pass through the midst of it, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the rest sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness. So he was thrown down with kings. He slew famous kings. Sihon, king of Amorites. Ong, king of Bashan. He gave their land an inheritance. Inherited to Israeli servants. Who oh, remembered us in our lowest days and rescued us from our enemies? Who gives food to all flesh? Who oh, gives us to our can you able to see the sequence of the things, enumerating, highlighting reasons to give thanks? What he has done that causes us to be able to say thank you. Every single thing that he has highlighted in this psalms. Things that were beyond the control of the writer and even ourselves and all the soldiers there. That's the reason why many times when we are not thankful, God looks at us as ingrates. On thankfulness, this God, it, it, it paralyzes God in his activities and promises towards his own children. And naturally, you will agree with me that the unthankful are surely unhappy people. Is that true or not? Unthankful people are usually unhappy people. And the unhappy soul always lacks the tenacity to provoke a non-curable gratitude. The unhappy soul most of the time lacks the tenacity 
to provoke gratitude. Why? Because the heart, the mind, our mind is a battleground from where gratitude or ingratitude actually produced. The inner being of us is the battleground, our heart in the battleground, where either gratitude or ingratitude is generated. When we are able to think of his goodness, then there's sense urge to be able to give him thanks. So to be thankful in everything is to have a constant merit of gratitude. When we are grateful and thankful in everything, whether it's working our way or it's not, we'll always have a constant merry heart. A heart that rejoices. The life that gives thanks. So giving thanks to God for all things makes him to do more unto us. How many believe that? I want to believe it. And that's the reason why the magnitude of your gratitude is the function of your capacity of his blessing, or the capacity of commanding his blessing. The magnitude of, the, of your gratitude is a function of your capacity to command his blessings. Without having the grateful hearts, it will be difficult to be able to understand this mercy that leads you or makes you or brought you to where you are. Many started a journey with you, either the journey of life or a journey of career or a journey of a family or a journey in any way. And yet, when you look back, and you see where the Lord has taken you, you will always have that heart of gratitude. If the battle is either one or even not one, but the heart is filled with thankfulness. So the magnitude of your gratitude is the function of your capacity to command his blessings. We just read in, uh, when our sister was leading us in, our, in the prayer time, Psalm 103, talking about the benefits of his faithfulness upon our lives, the benefits of our salvation, what he did that no man can do for us. The doctors can kill, can kill, take care of us. They can practice what they like, but only God has the power to heal that sickness. There are many sicknesses that the doctors may even call idiopathy. They call it idiopathy because they don't have either a name for it or they don't even know the cause of it. And to that, to God, it's easy. It's easy if one can trust him. So the service was able to list and highlight the deeds of God that gives Israel the reasons on a constant basis to give him thanks. Last Sunday, we said, just think about all that the Lord has done for you this year. And if you don't have any reason at all to give him thanks, 
Why don't you just give it thanks? And we all did. My prayer is that you will not lack praise and thanks unto him in the mighty name of Jesus. You see, in the psalm that you just read, it says that you give thanks to the Lord. Unto the God of gods. How is this God the God of gods that makes the psalmist mobilize and urge Israel to give him thanks? What makes him the God of gods? Guess what? The Philistines, they don't respect this God of Israel. They don't take off and so the act of God given to their land, into the land of Israel, they decided that this act is too much for us. So they decided to take the heart of this God. And they took the act of God into the house of their own God. So to see whose God will back to work, and we are able to see that for some way from verse one to seven. And they brought the Philistine brought the hand of God into the hands of David, their God. Overnight, for what for David to punish this God that has been punishing them everywhere. And the Bible gives us a funny story. Many times when you read the Bible, you read the Bible today, you see that sometimes the Bible is like a comic book. How many of you there? When you're reading it, you just laugh, right? You want to laugh a little bit at this. Let's quickly read it from verse 1 to 7. So then the Philistine took the heart of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ebenezer. <laughs> So after, when the Philistines took the act of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Let me do that. And when the people of God rose in the morning, there was Dagon falling on his face to the earth before the earth. So they took Dagon and set him, set it. In his place again, Dagon, you know, the one we're watching, we trust you to watch. You know what? Now we want you to put this God that they brought to us since I go down there and they brought to us. Now, that's what they're thinking. So they found that, and Dagon had fallen before the other. Then you put him up when you begin to carry a God. <laughs> then there's a God that supersedes them. The children of Israel realize that. They say, Give thanks to the God of gods. Meaning that all other gods, including the God, still have a God. They say, And when they arose in the morning, or, 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 when they arose the next morning, there was the God. Falling on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord, the head of Dagon, and both the palms of its face, we are bringing up on the threshold. Only Dagon's pastor was left of it. You know, that was, was left of it. Everything is scattered. And that's the God that people serve, right? Therefore, Neither the priest of Dagon nor any who come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon and Asdod to this day. For the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Asdod, and they ravaged them and struck them with tumor, both Asdod and its territory. And what did they say in verse 7? And when the men of Amsterdam saw how it was, they said, 
the heart of the God of Israel must not remain with us. For he said his heart towards us. And then gone. And then gone. Other gods that were run they are unable to say the other gods that the children of Israel came run to create for them, to carry for them, waiting for Moses, not knowing what happened to Moses in the presence of God. When they saw this God is So we need to give thanks to the God of gods and the lords of lords. Verse 3. This should be a song. And when the people of the Lord rose in the morning, no, 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 verse 3 of February, Psalm 136. We stay on that Psalm 136. That's our. Verse so it's now said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord of Lords for his mercy endures forever. So there was the call to grace, to adore, to worship, to give him glory, to give him honor, to reference his power, to reference his authority, to give him all their gratitude. For the hand of the Lord upon them and upon their enemies that they can see. Many times the Lord is fighting the battles that you don't even know. The place that you don't pass through that the enemy planned to actually take you out. The Lord was already there before you to actually clear the way and you pass through. You get home safely and you thought you're a good driver. And from verse 4 through 22, now begin to tell the reasons, now begin to encourage us on the reasons to praise and thank this God. Say, Him, to Him alone, those great wonders. For his mercy just forever. It is the mercy of God that you receive, that I receive, that we receive, that causes us to remain. Come enters within. It is the mercy of God that saved us. It is the mercy of God that heals us. It is the mercy of God that makes way for us, made exit of nowhere. It is his mercy that makes us a healthy soul, giving us the right mind to be able to appreciate it. It is by his mercy that we are not even consumed. There are rulers of darkness and great places that you cannot see with your physical eyes. But guess what? They see you everywhere you go. In your time when you're very vulnerable, they seize you and they are waiting to take advantage of your vulnerability. Yet, the name of the Lord, the Bible says, is a strong tower. And when you run into it, when you dwell in the second of God, that's why you the counsel of Ahitophel. Of the evil one concerning them. And yes, sometimes we do not acknowledge it. We do not even think of what it is doing. When we appreciate the authority of this God over us, over our it makes our lives to be enjoyable. And the authority of the world as well will be able to do the unthinkable. 
Nobody has a power that is not given. But for us to be able to receive that power, we've got to be able to acknowledge the almighty one that has all the power in his care. That's the reason why your attitude of gratitude will always determine the altitude of your praise. Somebody here, the attitude of your gratitude. You know, some people will give thanks with arrogance, with pride. But such is not what brings thanks and gratefulness, thankfulness unto God. So the attitude of gratitude determines the attitude of our praise. You know that when our praise, when the attitude of our gratitude receives a higher attitude, it is true. It is enthroned with God. When it touches the heart of God, there's something about it. That's why the wisdom, right? I said, nothing comes from heaven, nothing leaves the hand of God without something living. The hand of man. When something leaves my hand, then something leaves the hand of God. To provoke something from God, I've got to be able to give him something. And all is requiring from us is that which becomes the result or the outcome of the battleground of our hearts. Where either ingratitude or gratitude is being generated. And until we understand it, it is impossible for us to be able to. But you know how to know this thing that happened to us in life as a child of God. Don't about it. Because he knows about it, he understands our frailty. He understands our weaknesses. He understands our strengths. And he's able to actually, when we submit unto him, give us what his heart desires for us, that our heart desires for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. But the time is now begin to now begin to enumerate. It begin to highlight all those reasons why the children of Israel must give him thanks. Give us that Psalm one thirty six again and begin looking at it verse to verse. Go to verse six of verse five. Say to him. Who by wisdom made the heavens. By his wisdom, he made the heavens. By his wisdom, he made the heavens. And we try to be in heaven with it. We are in heaven. We can create our own heaven here or not. The heavens is his place of authority. It's like we, 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 it was thought here yesterday. The heavens. So in this wisdom, he created us, make a place for himself. No sin, no impurity, no sickness, no doubt. He wants his children to be there with him so that there will be no downtime with his own children. And in verse 6, in verse 6, he said to him, who laid the, who laid the house? Above others. Uh, can you just comprehend this, God? Is it possible to comprehend this huh? and this wisdom? Are you able to separate this from that? Organize this. Myself. Myself. Myself.
the city they make great lights and then verse 6 the sun to rule by day verse 9 the moon and stars to rule by night where is this wisdom from and it's giving us the same wisdom but man come on man can decide to say that if moon that God created we want to go there and see what's happening there. Hmm? Mission to the moon. Have they lived here at all? Remember, NASA is trying to go back to the moon, right? Is it for his mercy and us forever? Verse 10. To him who's from Egypt. In the affordable, they struck Egypt in the first. And if we know what it did, to actually eventually go to the time of struggling, it's a Because of women, they lost from Egypt in the affordable. The Lord is himself of song that I just wicked against you that you don't know. And yet, we don't realize it. It no will get scratched. Is it to hear most from Egypt in their postborn? Is it let my people go? Let my You don't let my children go. Give your firstborn. That's exactly what you did. Why won't on prison? And verse 11 says, we're going somewhere. And brought Israel from among them. He brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And God was looking for children. But he only had one son. He was looking for a family. He only had one son. He was looking for a generation. He only had one son. They called my only begotten son. All the other ones are my creatures. They all have my mother. What did they do? They brought you and I out of that darkness. He called Abraham out of his family and he said, Come, I'll make you the father of nations. Then you become part of that nation of God, the people of God. The king to show you his marvelous lights. Verse 12. Verse 12. He said, with a strong hand, and with outstretched hand, with a strong hand, and with an outstretched hand, he brought them out. Verse 12, verse 13. We're going somewhere. Just pardon me. He said, To him who divided the Red Sea into two. But I told you initially that sometimes the Bible, when you're reading it, is like a comic. When we're in the elementary school, primary school, then in those days, I know they showed the, uh, 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 there was a day then when they said, Oh, 
was the same day, during the day in the school. I remember then when they last, they showed this movie of God dividing, Moses dividing the Red Sea. And, and, and the waters, you know, how the waters just, you know, those movie guys, they, they, they try to it. Always. One pillar this way, one pillar this way, and the people don't begin to walk for it. It's impossible to a natural mind. It's not. But because the people of God realize through this point, the reasons to give interest. You will always have reasons to give interest. I say we will always have the reasons to give interest in the mighty name of Jesus. And I, I, Verse 14, give me verse 14. And made his bread to pass through in the midst of it on the red carpet. Yes, verse 15. And overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the red sea. So shall they do for your enemies. They say, So shall they do for your oppressors in the mighty name of Jesus. And you say, Amen. Let your gratitude to him even be more. In verse 16. To him, he won't let his people through the wilderness. 17. To him, who struck down great kings. We are moving closer. And verse 18. He's living famous king for his mercies. And then verse 19 says, Sihon, king of Amorites. Sihon and all were part of the enemies of the, uh, the children of the Lord just told the children of Israel to move into their promised land. And they just crossed the Red Sea. And they were going. Here comes the king of Bashan, the Amorite king. And he said, you guys, uh, uh, the, the children of Israel told them, please, let us pass through your land. He said, no, we're not going to allow it. Please, we won't touch anything. We won't even drink your water. We won't eat your food. We won't touch anything. We only want to pass through into where we said no. And so he decided to fight them. God destroyed not just the king, but the people, and still gave them the children of Israel, the land of the Amorites as an inheritance. They just passed through the Amorites, the king that was little, the king, the king of Persia knew what just happened. They come to his land again and say, again, please can we pass through your land? He said, no, and then they decided to find them. Yet, God made them to walk through. You will walk through every stumbling block your way in your spiritual Jesus. When the Lord is with you, nothing can be against you. No one can be against you. Because no one can be against us when we are there. We have to be able to give any thanks. The one that is with us that said they will not leave us, neither will they forsake us. They will not. They will never. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to round up by looking at how important, how important are our gratitude, how important are this giving of gratitude to our God. It is important because our gratitude to Him is a weapon and force that commands heaven's attention on us. Your gratitude, my gratitude. It's a weapon, and it's a force that commands heaven's attention on us. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he shall live from you. If you didn't submit to him in gratitude, there's nothing the heaven can do when you resist the enemy. Go at the sons of the scales. 
the sons of Scavers saw Paul and all of those the disciples doing it. They don't reference God. They just want to perform. And the demon said, you, where's gratitude in you? Where's the understanding of the power that these people use in you? Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. What are you? They jump on them. So when you are able to come out, the Lord makes it come to you. We give him thanks. We give him praise. It becomes a weapon. Our thanksgiving, our gratitude, a heart of gratitude is a weapon that's, and, and it's a force that commands heaven. When you lift up your gratitude, something comes down. And so shall it be the rest of this month for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Again, our gratitude, our innumerable gratitude is the master key that unlocks the gates to God's presence. It is what? It is the master key. Your gratitude, my gratitude, our gratitude is the master key that unlocks the gates to God's presence. You want to enter into God's presence? Psalm 100 verse 4 told us. In Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter into his gate with thanksgiving. With what? With what? Into his gate with thanksgiving. If you've done his love without you having the king, God loves you to enter. But when you get to his gate and you are there with your gratitude and the heart of thanksgiving, guess what? The door is open. He said, I need to install the praise. So when you are coming with your thanksgiving, with your gratitude, be ready to start your praise to enter. That's the reason why we just don't go into the word of God without preparing the heavens to be able to open up our hearts, to be able to receive from him. He said, and into his cloud we praise, be thankful to him and bless him. His name. Glory to God. Hallelujah in the sanctuary. Your attitude of gratitude again may be the restorer of others' testimony, of other people's testimony to God's faithfulness. When you learn to give gratitude to God, you appreciate God. Your praising God, your thankfulness becomes a restorer to somebody close to you in understanding God's faithfulness unto them. Many times, our thanksgiving, that's why we give testimony. When you give testimony, your testimony unlocks somebody says testimony. So your gratitude, your attitude of gratitude is the restorer of other people's testimony of God's faithfulness. Number three, number three, our gratitude prepares, your gratitude prepares you to rejoice declaring the works of God. Our gratitude prepares us to rejoice declaring the works of God. So it's a propeller. It's a propeller. Our heart of thanksgiving, our heart of gratitude, propels us to remember, to remember what God has done because he has given us the right mind. Psalm 107 verse 22. Psalm 107 verse 22. He said, let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Declare his works with rejoicing. Let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Number four, our gratitude enables us to make a request known to God. Our gratitude, your innumerable gratitude, 
enables you to present your gratitude and your requests to God. How many when your son or your daughter comes to you and they begin to, where is that? That knows how to do that very well. Where, where she is, when she wants to request something, she starts praising you. She starts, and then she will come. When you praise it, you thank him for what he did, what he did, what he did, how beautiful, how glorious, how powerful, how majestic it is. And you take all of that, remind him of the good thing, even the part that you went through that in the middle of you. So you learn, you provide it, he sent you another leader. You can present. He's already paying attention to you. And then as you present, smiling on you, releasing it. Your answers are very close to you. And you receive it in Jesus' name. Philippians chapter 1, verse uh, chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, as we round up. They say, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And finally, and finally, our heart of gratitude is so important to make the peace of God available and abide with us. Our gratitude makes the peace of God available to us and abide with us. When the peace of God is made available to you, it's because you have obtained mercy before God. And when it's available to you and you submit to God, giving Him gratitude on a constant basis, He abides with you. And that's how we begin to enjoy a peaceful life. Peaceful life is yours. I said peaceful life is yours. In your family, you will enjoy peace. In your health, there shall be peace. In your business, peace shall abound. In your relationship, you shall be peaceful. In the mighty name of Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And we just we close. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. He said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace, say, be thankful and be thankful. Verse 16 says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Let those around you, whether a place of work, in your business, in your neighborhood, let them know you for the lost peace. Let them know you for being thankful. Let them know you for being a grateful person. And the peace of the Lord shall not depart from you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Last night I just saw that call. I missed a call. And it was our neighbor's call. And, very, and I look at the time and said, okay, I still can call back. And I called back. And my neighbor picked up. And he said, Pastor, what time are you going to church tomorrow? I said, usually we leave the house at nine. He said, well, our own service starts at nine. And so my way, I just want to stop by. He's a next door neighbor, African-American, older man. He said, I just stopped by because I have an offering. Check that you want to send to the church. The Lord will put your issue, your situation, in the heart of somebody, your business, your family, and that your needs 
in the hands of somebody that they will never forget through the mess. And as they were going, knock at the door this time. It's not much, it's just an offering, but the hearts is because they know these ones are grateful people, they are loving people, they are caring people. He's an old man over 70, but sometime over the weekend. When he snows, send me a pastor. Don't worry, bro. Before I come back home, this old man already showed a snow. I drove driving. He already showed. I said, uh, why are you doing this? Send me a pastor. Don't worry, we can we have to pray for the mercy of God will not depart from you. The table of God will not leave you. The grace of God will not depart with your father. He will not Jesus. And I said, Lord, even at this moment, I just said, Father, let your grace and your mercy abide with me. Give me the heart of Christ. Give me the sound mind of God. Be able to list my lives. My blessings in you on a constant basis that my tank of gratitude may never go empty in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you at this point. We bless your holy name for everyone on the Sunday. We ask as we go this new week, may there be that mercy that brings about your favor and your grace upon our lives that we may thank you. Even when there's no reason ahead of us to thank you in the name of Jesus. Make that reason for us this week and glorify yourself in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Offer time. Blessing time.